Good afternoon. You're listening to KTOO. I'm Yvonne Crumry. The Juneau School District is facing a $9.7 million deficit for the next fiscal year. District leaders are considering closing schools to balance the budget, which could also mean laying off principals, counselors, nurses, and other staff. As KTOO's Katie and Nassis reports, district leaders say the more campuses they close, the fewer teachers they'll have to lay off. The school board and district staff met at Yadat Kahle Juno Douglas High School on Saturday to discuss school closures. Superintendent Frank Hauser said it's one of the few tools they have to close the $9.7 million budget gap. Anything that is not realized in structural savings is coming straight from the very finite levers we have, which is staff. Any school closure would allow the district to lay off duplicate staff, like principals, nurses, and librarians. But those cuts alone wouldn't be enough to balance the budget. Lyle Melkerson, the district's human resources director, estimated how many other layoffs it would take to close the budget gap, depending on how many schools they close. Filling the budget gap after combining just the middle schools would require laying off 60 to 100 people, depending on their positions. But combining middle schools, combining high schools, and closing an elementary school could cut the number of layoffs needed in half. Melkerson said 30 to 50 teachers typically leave the district each year. I believe we can hit those marks with natural attrition by the end of the year, more close to it. District staff said combining the high schools would also help with staffing elective classes. Board President Didi Sorensen supported the idea. She said students already have limited course offerings, which can make it hard to meet graduation requirements. I don't think we have two comprehensive high schools right now. I think we have two high schools that are grossly understaffed. We are relying on uh, online, a whole range of online courses to provide electives to students who should be able to get those electives in an in-person class. Andy Bullock teaches construction and welding at Yadat Kahle Juno Douglas High School. He says it's important for kids to have access to electives like his. It's a fun outlet for them. It allows them to discover things they like to do. They're not just um, doing only academic work all day. They can get up and move around. Um, and then we, you know, a lot of kids that have gone through these classes we've offered, uh, it sparked an interest in them and they have really good jobs. At a school board meeting last week, Teachers Union President Chris Heidemann said layoffs would lower the quality of education in the district and push more young people out of Juneau. Layoffs will continually and repeatedly damage this community because the people that are laid off, according to our collective bargaining agreements, are our youngest early career teachers who will leave this town. This town will continue to get older. We will have fewer students to educate and our schools will continue to suffer. The board asked district staff to come up with a plan that would keep both high school buildings in use and from there use as few buildings as possible. The board's next meeting is on Thursday. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas. Nellie Moore was a broadcast journalist who left a big footprint in Alaska and beyond. She died this month at the age of 69. Moore was one of the first indigenous reporters in Alaska who could sew a traditional cuss book as well as stitch news and information into stories that made a difference. KNBA's Rhonda McBride was a former colleague and tells us how it all began at the Northwest Arctic community of Kotzebue. You can thank Ed Ward, 
Nellie Moore's dad. In a 2016 interview, she describes him as a man crazy about radio with a big stash of radio parts in their home. I would always find the tubes that somebody needed and put them in the tube tester and make sure they worked. (laughs) I thought she was a rare find in many ways. Alex Hills first met Nellie when her father brought her to the Kotzebue Airport to meet the man who would become the first manager of KOTZ. Under Hills' guidance, the station went on the air in 1973. Nellie was barely out of high school when Hills hired her to be the station's first news director. Effervescent young daughter Nellie, Nellie Ward. (laughs) But then she was just a young 19-year-old. Kind of spunky, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That was Hills on the same radio show as Nellie, in which she talked about coming of age in a time when many Alaska communities depended on radio, especially those that even today are not connected to a road system. Back then, people felt lucky if they had only one phone in the village. Hills and Nellie worked together to start OTZ, Kotzebue's first phone company. Nellie was excited when an engineer who had just connected a new community to OTZ asked for her help. We just hooked up during, do you want to make the first call? I was like, sure. So I called this lady in during, she's my aunt. She said, where are you? I'm at mom's. And she's like, How are you calling me? (laughs) (laughs) All the while, Nellie continued to grow as a journalist. Alex Hill says one of his favorite photos was when she interviewed the late Governor Jay Hammond at the airport dressed in a pair of denim overalls with a blue bandana on her head. Nellie had her tape recorder and a microphone. And they say a picture is worth a thousand words. In this case... Nellie was leaning forward and the governor of Alaska was leaning back. (laughs) That told me a lot about her interview style. It is said the pen is mightier than the sword, but Nellie was armed with perhaps a more potent weapon, humor, which she often used to soften up those she interviewed. She just knew how to make people feel comfortable. It was like a conversation over coffee. Paul Unktaguk met Nellie at the Northwest Arctic Television Center in Kotzebue, where they worked together to produce videos about Inupiaq history and culture, and where Nellie showed a flair for the Inupiaq art of traditional teasing. We had a director. Everybody was sort of intimidated. But not her. Nellie was tease him just as much as anybody, and I think he actually enjoyed it. As Nellie's daughter, Liz Cravalio, explains, teasing has a special role in Inupiaq culture. Gentle correction, that's what I think of it as. Liz says throughout her career, her mother stayed true to her roots. She was a village girl, and she wasn't going to be shy about talking to someone about important issues. Nellie's Inupiaq name was Iriktuk, which means something hidden. When I was little, I used to say, what's hiding, Mom? She would just laugh. As a reporter, Nellie kept a lot to herself, mainly her own opinions. But her stories had details gleaned from her astute powers of observation, important in Inupiaq culture. Paul Antico calls this Nellie's legacy to her people. Nellie demonstrated that journalism could be the voice of Alaska Native communities in which Alaska Native communities could have a mirror. 
you know, help us understand our own communities. Angtuguk said non-natives tried to do that. You always knew it was kind of an outsider's perspective, the very questions that they were asking. Another legacy? Moore went on to produce a groundbreaking series of videos about the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, legislation that not only changed Alaska's indigenous peoples, but the whole state forever. Another huge body of work, her stories about Native language and culture, all while raising a family, who eventually followed her to Anchorage to work for KNBA, the first urban Native station in the country, where she was one of the early hosts of National Native News. Today's feature on National Native News, a self-esteem program for young Native men. I'm Nellie Moore. KNBA's president, Jacqueline Salee, says Nellie also produced popular features like Native Word of the Day and Stories of Our People, which continue to air today. Nellie was also active in the community and worked with Irene Rowan to produce numerous panel discussions on the land claims fight inspiration whenever she came on the air. She was just amazing. Rowan, with help from Nellie, founded the Alaska Native Media Group, formed to recruit young Natives into the communications field. Nellie had already been a longtime mentor to many, including Sharon McConnell, a TV anchor she recruited to host a national talk show on Native health. To have that many natives working in communications at the same time in one room. It was just phenomenal. McConnell says Nellie was the newsroom's mother hen. She was kind of a leader in her own way. But after eight years at KNBA, Nellie left the station in a dispute and took the rest of the newsroom with her. I don't think it was an easy decision for Nellie to decide to leave. But Nellie moved on as an independent producer and with help from her husband, Greg, started her own native news service. I don't think there'll ever be another person like that, really. For National Native News, I'm Nellie Moore. Signing off for the last time, a woman who helped to give birth to Native broadcasting in Alaska. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride.